You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hey everyone, this is Sherry. And it's Adam. And you are listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Well, Adam, have you ever had it where, you know, life kind of throws you curveballs and sometimes literal curveballs <laughs> <laughs> and you never know if you should actually go to urgent care or the ER. And today we're going to actually talk about how do you know when to go to urgent care versus the ER? Right. So I know like bumps and bruises, there's broken bones and sometimes you just can't wait for that extra Absolutely. care that you need. The and, flu season is on us. Right. Absolutely. And I, and people need to seek that care. And, and there is that those two areas, urgent care clinics are available to you. The emergency departments at hospitals are also available to you. And so, yeah, we want to be able to know, when do I need to go to which one? Definitely. So that's what we're going to learn all about today. Um, our friend Jenna Renstrom is going to join us for this episode, and she's with an urgent care provider to explain all about it. This is Jenna Renstrom from Mercy One Siouxland, and today I'm at Mercy One Singing Hills Family Medicine, also the site of our all-day, everyday urgent care clinic, and I'm sitting down with one of our urgent care providers, Ruth Ann Ewell, our nurse practitioner. Thanks for doing this with me, Ruth Ann. This is your first podcast. It is. I'm so excited that you're trying it out with us. I know. Thank you, and thanks for having me. And, you know, with little kids, I have three young ones, I feel like this time of year, we spend a lot of time in urgent care. Urgent care is just the go-to place because, you know, I know illnesses happen after hours when you can't get into your regular provider. Just think, what did we do before urgent care? I know, I know. That's a good question. Um, urgent cares are terrific places for children to, or for parents to um, bring their children again for after hours or even during the day, which we're here for. Um, sometimes it's hard, especially this time of year with flu and strep, to get into your primary care provider. So urgent cares are great places and great resources um, for illnesses and injuries and all those types of things that kids get into. Tell me a little bit about your background as a provider. You've done urgent care for for a little bit. This isn't your first rodeo. I have. Well, I was an ER nurse for about 25 years, which I loved. I also taught at Morningside College in Western Iowa Tech for quite a while. And so urgent care is the perfect place for me because it's kind of like a little ER. It's great. Um, you have to be ready for everything. You have to know something about everything, which is terrific. And you get to see all ages, which is also terrific. Um, I really like urgent care because not only do we get to see nice people from our community and our clinic that come here, we also get to see people from other states and other countries at times. So it's really nice to be able to kind of touch base with, with everyone else out there. With your background as an emergency room nurse, can you talk a little bit about the the differences? What's What's appropriate? What do, you know, I can just know if this happens, I've got to head to the ER. And then what are sort of those, there's a fine line where you should go maybe based on the severity or the time of day or, or what have you? Exactly. Well, that's actually a very good question. Urgent cares are very um, good resources for um, sore throats, fevers, body aches, um, sinus infections, ear infections. Most infections can be taken care of um, through urgent cares. Um, also injuries like small lacerations, um, 
fractured bones, um, falls, things like that. Um, we see a, an array of different things in urgent care, rashes. Um, we also th see things like cellulitis, skin infections, um, things that we don't typically see or things that we're really not excited to see in urgent care are chest pain, um, people that can't breathe, um, bad car accidents or head injuries. Those are things that, um, you know, we, we really um, are not set up for or equipped to see in urgent cares. The ERs um, clearly are, are more appropriate area for these. Even stroke symptoms, um, those types of things should go to an ER. But urgent cares are very versatile and um, we do see quite a few things here. So it's a good thing. Ruthann, you talk about those emergency situations that we might find ourselves or our loved ones in, the chest pain that you know, I've got to get to the ED, I've got to get to the emergency room. Then there's that next level of medical emergencies that we don't even want you to drive anywhere, get in the car, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely, don't forget that 911 is a very good option for most people that are at home, um, whether they're having chest pain or you're with someone who's having chest pain or someone's been in a car accident or having stroke-like symptoms or having difficulty breathing, um, 911 is the best option at that point. They can get to you much quicker than if you were to drive, and especially if you're trying to drive yourself and something, you know, heaven forbid happens bad on the way to the ER, that's not a good situation. So always just call 911 and um, um, that's your best option to try to get there as quick as possible. Doesn't hurt to be on the safe side. Right. Always want you to do that. Let's talk a little bit, Ruthanna. I'd love to um, go back to March and April when um, COVID first became a conversation in our community, especially, and the role that urgent care played or the challenges that that brought uh, for you and, and the colleagues here when people started having symptoms, weren't sure where to go. Do I show up at the clinic? Do I call? I mean, that was a really confusing time that I feel like especially our urgent care folks had to rise to the occasion for. Absolutely. I mean, at the time, of course, a lot of us, many of us didn't know much, if if anything, about COVID at that time. And um, before things did start to close down, I think we did see quite a few patients that possibly did have COVID. Um, we just weren't testing at that time and it just really did not have a name at that time for, for many of us. Um, we still took precautions like we do with anything. Um, we always assume um, that everyone has everything. So, you know, we try to be as safe as we can. We wash our hands between every patient. Um, we try to wear a mask, um, if at all possible. Um, and we just try to um, limit our time with the patients as well, but still trying to make sure that we do the appropriate testing that we can, whether they have COVID or influenza or strep. And unfortunately, COVID, influenza and strep all have a lot of the same symptoms. So it's hard to be able to treat patients effectively unless we can do testing. Mm -hmm. So if we can test you for influenza or strep um, and find out right away, then that makes it easier for us as providers to know how to treat you appropriately. Of course, most COVID testing takes three to five days still to get back the results. So of course, most people um, have been told to self-quarantine until the results are available. And then according to the CDC's guidelines, which tends to change from, you know, day to day, sometimes hour to hour, we just try to go according to their 
to their recommendations. So, but we, we try to take all precautions. We try to see everyone because not everyone does have COVID, you know, some with school starting, a lot of children and adults are developing strep throat, you know, um, influenza, we've already seen some cases of that. So we just want to make sure that we're diagnosing patients appropriately and treating them appropriately. What's the best thing to do as, whether it's, you know, me as a parent um, looking for care for my child or I have symptoms myself and it's one of those symptoms that could be in any category, right? Um, is the protocol still make that phone call to the urgent care clinic or your primary care doctor first? Yes, actually, that's always a, always a good option. Call your primary care first and see what their suggestions are. There are some subtle differences between influenza and COVID. Influenza, um, several people have told us that they lose their sense of smell and taste, which typically you don't do that with influenza. Sometimes with strep you do. Um, but clearly, if you've been exposed to influenza and your symptoms develop suddenly, that helps give us an idea. But again, if you've been exposed to COVID, you know, and you have a loss of taste, a loss of smell, body aches, um, and someone close to you has had COVID, then more than likely um, your best option is to call in and do a telehealth. You know, we don't want to expose our staff to COVID if we don't have to. Again, sometimes it's unforeseeable, but if you know that you've been exposed to um, COVID and you have the um, classic symptoms of COVID, give us a call first and we can do a telehealth with you or give your primary care provider a call first and they can do a telehealth. Talk about how telehealth um, and uh, your usage of that has developed over these past few months from that not being an option in years past to being such a vital tool for our organization and for our patients as well. Um, was that enjoyable to learn a new technology, sure. first of all? You know, actually it was. A, um, I always welcome a good challenge. Um, I still like hands-on. I've always been a hands-on person, so I really like that. But telehealth really does serve a purpose and a very good purpose, especially in times like this. Um, Typically here at our urgent care, we have um, our patients call in if you would like to make an appointment. The secretaries will give you the link to their freesia, which is operated on your phone where you can, or your computer, where you can access the link and then you fill out the information. Once the information is filled out, the nurse will give you a call, go over your allergies, your medications, um, your symptoms. And then once that's done, then the providers will contact you. Um, you'll get two questions. First of all, do you agree to the audio portion of it? And you type in yes. And second of all, it um, will ask you if you agree to the video portion of it and you will type in yes. And when that happens, it's just basically face-to-face, -face, your phone or your computer to my computer. And it's really nice because I get to see you, I get to see the children, I get to at least um, get an idea of how you look and make sure that things aren't too serious and kind of go from there. So telehealth really does serve a good purpose and um, we're utilizing it as much as we can with COVID. So. It's a, it's a good option. If you don't have a smartphone, we can always do um, just audio. Um, that's always an option as well. So, so it's not limited to just smartphones. I think what um, telehealth obviously, but also just that, that urgent care, the need for urgent care in this time where um, we have illnesses floating around that may pop up at any time that, that we as patients might not understand very well is that connection with 
uh, physician or provider when I may not have a primary care physician. Can you talk a little bit about um, that opportunity, that urgent care? Obviously, it fills that void for a person who might be new to the community, might not have a, have a primary care provider, but then encouraging that patient to take that next step and get an established relationship with, with a provider. Absolutely. Our urgent care is terrific for that, whether you come in during the day or in the evening. Um, We'll see you um, still even during the day if there's a referral that you may need. I'm always good and my nurse is always good about getting referrals, but we do have primary care providers here that are taking new patients. So it's a great avenue to establish care at our clinic. That way, um, it, you know, if you need healthcare in the future, not only are you, do you have access to our urgent care at any time, but you also have a primary care provider that will help you too. It's nice to have a primary care provider. Um, it's a provider that knows you, that um, knows your background, knows your medical history, someone you can rely on, um, that you can make appointments for, and yearly checkups for all ages is important. Um, but then we also have the urgent care to back up. So when you can't get in or or you need to get in in a hurry, um, our urgent care is always here to help you out with that. We have a really unique situation in Sioux City, of course, where in this clinic that we're in right now, urgent care and the family medicine practice are really, are truly just working side by side at the same time. There's that crossover when needed, but, but even in those towns or cities where that's not the case, in the Mercy One Circle, making the point that, um, that you did, that any way that you kind of are introduced to the Mercy One family can help you make that next step of, here's a provider then who you can go to for primary care. Here are the specialists that they're gonna refer you to. Um, urgent care, and just like the ER as well, mm-hmm. kind of a front door to to this whole team of people that can support you. Absolutely, it is. And it's a, just a great option for our community and for people outside of our community. It, it's a great option for prompt care and it's a great option for future care. So again, we can get people into our family practice providers that will gladly take care of your, your future needs. Also introduce your family to them. Um, it's, it's a great option for people. I know that's how I found um, this clinic before I was part of the Mercy One family. Well, everybody's going to need urgent care. Here I found a location and a team that I was really comfortable with to go to for my primary care. It's good. And like you would mentioned earlier in the um conversation like what did we ever do for before we had urgent cares but you know urgent cares are up and coming and you know i i tend to brag about our urgent care because it's it's not just a typical urgent care if you come in and you don't have a primary care provider and you need a specialty i can get you referred into a specialty but not only that we can also get you referred into a primary care. So it's kind of a one-stop shop. We just try to take care of all your needs while you're here. We love that. We yeah. love that as, pre- as um, on the healthcare side, we love that as patients too, yeah. to be able to do it all in one place. That's true. And I always put myself in, in other people's shoes. You know, if that were me walking in here or my mother or my father or my family, what would I want that provider to do for them? You know, whenever I go to my provider or to a specialist, I say, what would you do? How would you treat your family? Um, If this were your daughter, what would you do or what would you suggest? And, um, you know, I think that's important. I think, you know, being empathetic to our our clients' needs um, is a win-win. 
Ruth Ann, as we wrap up our conversation, I'd like to go back and sort of review for our listeners um, when urgent care is the right choice for them. So outside of hours of their regular doctor's office, what are the minor illnesses and injuries that, hey, give a call to urgent care or stop by an open clinic? Well, um, there's an array, um, children with fevers, children pulling at their ears, children not eating. Um, a lot of those um, can easily be treated in urgent care. We have children with um, you know, ear infections, uh, strep infections for uh, throat infections. Um, also urinary tract infections are easily treatable. Um, Injuries like falls that children may take that aren't severe, that aren't, you know, 20 feet, you know, little falls, um, broken bones, sprains, strains, um, back pain, um, headaches. We see a lot of, um, we also see um, minor lacerations. Um, those are easily treatable. Uh, we can do the procedure here. Sinus infections, um, other things like that. Um, all those little things that it's nice to not have to wait, not to to not have to wait until the morning um, to wonder if it's going to get worse or better. Um, I think that's the peace of mind that urgent care can give families is um, just making that connection with an expert provider sooner than you might have been able to in the past. And that's true. And and typically the sooner a problem is addressed and um, treated, the better the outcome. So um, we're here when you need us. Well said. Thank you, Ruth Ann, for the conversation. Thanks for all you do for our patients and the community, especially during uh, this this time that, that's been challenging and, and rewarding, I'm sure, for you as well. You're right. You're welcome. Well, thanks a lot, Jenna and Ruth, for all that information. I know it's helpful to, to really be able to distinguish what type of care is the best for each time you might find yourself with a new, uh, I guess, injury. <laughs> it, it helped me immensely. I mean, truly, to kind of figure out in my own head when will what when is the best time to go to urgent care. Tell us your stories. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, send it to an email at podcast at mercyhealth.com. Or you can fill out a submission form that's on the website, mercyone.org slash podcast. And you can also catch up on all of our other episodes on that same website. Because our other episodes are just as awesome as this episode. We try anyway. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And again, like Adam said, send us your feedback. We want to hear from you. And as always, live your best life. <laughs>